It's time for JT the Brick. JT, the man to miss the legend. It's amazing some of the dummies that follow me. I don't know. No one knows. Whenever we crack a microphone, we're one of 32 NFL teams with the flagship station. I expect everyone to talk about the Raiders every day when I have a Raiders topic. There's not a game on this schedule against anybody. If Jimmy G's ready to go with this offense, where you can't say to yourself, you know something? We can win this game. We can win this game. People are going to go and buy tickets to come into our building because it's the best time in all of football. Now I got your attention. JT the Brick. 13, 13 is the bye week. That is bleeping real right now. Everybody gets the full playbook. You run the playbook faster. The plays get in and out of the huddle quicker. And you run the plays like you ran in Henderson. And you run them to perfection in the game. Do we all agree? Fair enough? Woo! And now. Because you're a pain in the ass. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, I got the tweet out. Phil Villapiano, one of the all-time great Raiders, joins us here in two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes, Phil Villapiano, and I loaded up the show. Vince Sapienza from Fox 5. Vinny Bonsignor, wow. Vinny B checks in today, and Tim Graham, probably the best or the top two or three Buffalo Bills insider. He'll join us at the top of next hour. Full coverage of the trip to Buffalo, which is actually in West Virginia, as we open up the show. And we're going to get into why they traveled out early who's ready to go, and how to beat the Buffalo Bills. I'm excited, aren't you, everybody? Week two, Raiders are on top of the AFC West. They're not coming off a loss. They're coming off a win against a division rival on the road, and now they go to Buffalo with house money and a puncher's chance. Now, I've been to a lot of boxing fights in this town, over 100, over 100 championship fights. Most of the time, the favorite wins easily. Floyd Mayweather never lost, right? You go see any Oscar De La Hoya. You know, when he fought guys that were good, he never lost. He fought Tito Trinidad. I thought he won. He lost by a decision. But normally, normally, you don't have a puncher's chance when you're up against Canelo. You're up against the great Oscar De La Hoya. You're going up against the great, and I mean great, Floyd Mayweather. You don't have a chance to win. But the Raiders now have a puncher's chance to win in Buffalo. Because Buffalo did not play well in their first game. They lost to Zach Wilson after Aaron Rodgers went down. So that was a big deal. And on top of all that, the Raiders are relatively healthy. They got young players. They got Jimmy Garoppolo. They have Josh McDaniels, who's won a lot of games in Buffalo. So once a Raider, always a Raider, presented by the M Resort Spawn Casino, where we put on a legend every week. Week one, and get this, I got Charles Woodson. Last week, I had Matt Millen, and in between, I got the great Phil Villapiano. Foo, welcome, man. We were 1-0. and What do you think, Foo? Hey, 1-0 and <laughs> and first place in our division. What was the last time we were first place in that West? I love it. I love it, JT. And I think we're going to shock the world this year. I really do. This was just the beginning. Phil, I shared with everybody at the alumni dinner when Robert Spillane came up to you, and I was right there for that. We were having a conversation. You knew he was wearing your number. He knew you. And right there, I just felt good about it. Divine Diablo had an unbelievable game. Hobbs had 12 tackles. But Spillane is in the middle where you were, and I think this is a nice addition. He understands what it's like to be a Raider. Oh, I, I really, I really, I, I, I'm 11, number 41. And, 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 JT, the night of the dinner, we had a name for him. It was a crazy name, <laughs> like Madman or something like that. What, right. was he, 
What's his nickname? I don't know what his nickname is. I think we came up with one, and we were talking about it. I'll find out what it is. It can't be, it can't be food, too. But, Phil, they won in Denver, and I thought the defense, you know, the defense held Russell Wilson, who had two touchdowns, to three points in the second half. Russell Wilson, as you know, is a hell of a player. I think they made the oh, adjustments. Yeah. Mad Max had a good game. They broke in Tyree Wilson on the other side. you got to be proud that the Raiders in the second half of that game, the defense wasn't the problem. They got off the field. Yeah, you know what, uh, JT, I think, you know, every game is a little bit different, and I think that was a a game for the defense to shine, uh, and the offense was kind of putting it together, and, you know, we got Josh, who, you know, I'm telling you, you cannot just show up and play at at the level you're supposed to play at without any, any, any training camp at all. So anyway, we gave Josh a week. We got, I love Garoppolo. I think he's going to be another snake. I've told you that. And I, I, I love our, hey, our offense. We didn't even throw to my man, Hunter Repto. Where is Hunter? I'm saying put Hunter in the backfield and, 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 and screw it up this week. Let him come out of the backfield. Oh, my God, he would be so good. But anyway, JT, I think last week was the defense's week. This week. It's got to be the offense's week. And between the two of them, you know, when they both click, we're going to win every game. I, I love this team. Phil Villapiano is our guest. So before we get to the game, I wanted to start off with Denver, and then I want to go to you and the history you had with the Bills because your greatness of the Raiders, your Super Bowl championship, then you get traded to the Bills. And I remember watching on NFL Network when they did the bio on you, and you were surprised you sat down after all those years at NFL Network. They wanted to do a show on you. And I didn't realize at the end of the career the Bills let you come out to be the captain of all those games by yourself. And I'm seeing you in front of Gastineau and Klecko and all these guys. What an honor. Let's start with that on how you move from the Raiders to the Buffalo Bills. I think that's a great story with Mr. Davis. Go ahead. Well, you know, well, okay, I'm going to tell you the story. How it was, how I got to Buffalo. And it just happened. It was the weirdest thing. I come out of church. I I bring my two kids home. And I walk into my house. Oh, no, no, I got to go. I got to back it up. JT, the story is so good, though. Anyway, so we're playing golf over in Alameda. And uh, and we come off the golf course, and the golf pro is standing on the steps of the clubhouse. And he's like, what's going on? Well, he was like in a, in a panic. And we're looking at him like, what are you talking about? Because you guys are moving to L.A. And I'm like, what? And Uppy was right next to me. I said, Uppy, what? He goes, I know nothing about it. And, you know, Gene Upshaw and Al were so close. Mm -hmm. He should have known. He says, I know nothing about it. Let's go. So we went in. We got up. We watched the television. We saw Al do his interview. He said how disappointed he was in the town. He needs a new stadium. He needs this. We're leaving. I get pissed off. I can't believe we're leaving Oakland. I loved Oakland. I loved the people. I loved however it was. We were, we were, you know, we were one, the, the fans and, and, and the team. And everybody was one. And anyway, so we go to Dave Darby's house for a barbecue that night. And uh, isn't that something? Uppy and Dave Darby yeah, are both dead. They're both gone. Yeah. And but anyway, so we go to Doug Double D's house. And by the time 
you know, the the Oakland Tribune found us, and Dave Newhouse was wanted to interview everybody, and I was like the last guy to go. And I had a few beers at that time, JT. You know, I can get talkative <laughs> with a few beers. And I, I told, I told uh, Dave Newhouse that this is wrong. It's all, Al's only in it for the money, which he was, of course. But, you know, I shouldn't have said what I said about Mr. Davis. So anyway, the next day in the papers, Filipiano won't go. Oh. And that it was all about me. And Patty looked at me and she said, you're gone. Well, we forget about it because it was two years before we're, you know, we've got to go to L.A. So I get, we're back in New Jersey. I'm working the steamship thing in the off season, And we come out of church and I come home and, and uh, Patty says, Al's on the phone. He wants to talk to you. And, and then as I was getting the phone, she said, you're gone. And I, I, I picked the phone. <laughs> Hey, Al, what's happening? He goes, hey, Phil, I got to ask you questions. How's that knee? I said, Al, the knee has got good. That's three years ago. Don't worry about the knee. I said, Al, I'm weighing about 230 now. I'm going to be better for the inside. I can't wait to get started. I can't believe we didn't make the playoffs last year. Anyway, he goes, yeah, 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 but I got to ask you a question. I said, what? He goes, Phil, you know Bob Chandler? You played with him in a Pro Bowl game. I said, yeah, I really like him. Al, good guy. And as a matter of fact, he reminds me of Freddie. And Freddie had just gone to Canada, of all places. Mm-hmm. And he left us. So anyway, and then he goes, well, you think Bob could take take Freddie's place? I said, yeah, Al, but you're probably going to have to give up somebody pretty good for him. He's an all-pro player. And he goes, well, yeah, I was thinking you. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> he goes, and then, and then I, I started chuckling, and I said, Al, Am I gone? And he goes, you're gone. <laughs> so I was gone. Next day, I'm flying to Buffalo. That is and one of the that is out. one of the most important stories in Raider history. From Mr. Davis remembering what you said, you knowing, oh my God, this could happen at some point. He kind of gets you on the phone and it tells you who he's trading you for before he trades you. But then again, oh, yeah. your your love for Mr. Davis and now Mark Davis and Mrs. Davis and the family endured once a Raider, always a Raider. Oh, exactly, JT. And you know what? I I probably, yeah, I should never have said what I said. I was actually really ready to come back and, and mm-hmm. have a great season in, in Oakland or in LA, but it, it, you know, it was a beautiful thing in hindsight to get to play for another owner, get to play in another city and a city like Buffalo. I'm leaving here first thing tomorrow morning, going up there for the weekend. I'm going to see both my teams play. I can't wait. I'm, I still bleed black, even though I got a little, you know, a little red, you know, in me yeah. too. But, uh, the, uh, Buffalo turned out to be a wonderful experience. And, you know, in the big picture, JT, you know, you take a slap in the face like that and you get back up and you make the best of it. And like like you were telling you know, your audience there, I was the captain. I took over that yeah. team. And I learned all that from the Oakland Raiders. I learned that from George Bland and Jim Otto and Freddie Belenikoff, Kenny Stable. I learned how to be a leader. So I got to use all of that good stuff that I learned in Oakland, in Buffalo, 
And, and JT, if I don't blow out my knee in my 13th season, I probably could have played 15, 16 years. Yeah. They loved me there, and they were using me. I remember when I went in, I got to my first interview with Chuck Knox, and he goes, Phil, you know, we didn't argue about your salary. We're paying you exactly what you want. But one thing, you're not being a starter. And I said, what? I can't, I can't start for the Buffalo Bills? He goes, Phil, we have no depth whatsoever. You have to, and we brought you here because you can play inside and outside. You are our backup for all four spots. And, you know, that was, I played enough, man. I played plenty. That was my 11th season. I played plenty, JT. And I played all the spots. And it was so cool. I also learned that, you know, from the Raiders under Don Shinnick and mm-hmm. Merle Moore. You know, great. I had great coaching in Oakland. And mm-hmm. uh, everything, everything turned out perfect. And, you know, J.T., I don't want to be too long, but I got another quick story. One of the happiest days of my life, and I always tell everybody that asks me, the I was so, so, you know, the Super Bowl was the biggest game. But there was a game in um, San Francisco, and we are the same record as the New England Patriots. We're both going to be 10-4 and if we win. We go to San Francisco. Joe Montana's a rookie quarterback. They they have a pretty good, you know, young mm-hmm. team. And um, they, I started in New England the week before, and we won the game. I'm thinking I'm going to be a starter. And Chuck Knox puts in the linebacker, the middle linebacker that got hurt uh, the, uh, mm-hmm. two weeks before that. All of a sudden, he's miracle heel he's got a broken hand and i'm like don't do this to me don't take me out now baby i was so ready to play anyway he played about two plays and then chuck uh but he he heard he heard his hand again so anyway they took him out of the game and chuck Knox went and pulled me over says go get him and i went out there and made i don't know how many tackles it was pouring rain It, it was and I called my father after the game, and I said, Dad, besides the Super Bowl, this was the biggest game I ever played. Because wow. I came off the bench, led him to victory. We got in the playoffs. Beautiful thing. You know, yeah. and I'll, that's all about Buffalo. You know, and that's mm. the, the feelings I'm going up there with this weekend. Awesome. Phil Villapiano's our guest, the legend, Super Bowl champion, four-time Pro Bowler with the Raiders and the Buffalo Bills. So I just got a few more, so we'll get some bullet points from you. How important was Ralph Wilson in the history of the Raiders with Mr. Davis in the AFL and the merger with the NFL? I mean, these two giants who had a friendship, and they competed against one another. Yes, they did, but you know, they... They took it. They you talk about looking at the big picture. Ralph Wilson looked at the Oakland franchise, and he looked at Wayne Valley. And Wayne Valley, you know, was was the money behind Oakland. But I guess Wayne didn't have enough. And Al, I mean, and Ralph had plenty. So Ralph Wilson loaned Wayne Valley the money to let alone compete on you know compete on the field. But you know the Raiders and the Bills. But anyway, to keep the AFL going, if they lose the Raiders, they probably probably would have lost the whole league. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, you had Lamar Hunt could have stepped in, but 
Ralph Wilson did it. And when I was playing my four years up in Buffalo, I could, I, you know, Al Davis could do no wrong in Ralph Wilson's eyes. They loved each other. They respected each other and they helped each other make that league, make that mm-hmm. AFL and make that AFL get uh, merged with the NFL. Those two tremendous leaders for the AFL and thank God, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the NFL had them around. Great people. Yeah. That's a big time and, story. You know, I, I want you to know that my, uh, the knee that ended me was a knee I'm playing, let alone I'm starting on defense, I'm playing special teams. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a guy runs right through my, the back of my knee on a kickoff return. You know, I got this one guy, I'm holding him, bam, and, and uh, ruins me. I'm in my 13th season, so I'm all done. And into the locker room, they carted me off the field. Into the locker room came Ralph Wilson. He came all the way down from the owner's box. And he wore these crazy ties, mm-hmm. and he put the, he took his tie off, put it around my neck. I always commented to him about his crazy ties, and he put it around his neck. And I still got the tie in my closet today wow. that he gave me. Phil Villapiano, what, what a what! As we wrap this up, as you know, we're dear friends. The impact that you've had on the Bills, most importantly, the Raiders, NFL films, uh, the impact you had in broadcasting movies. Uh, Tom Hanks naming his bar restaurant after you and his movie. Everything that you've done in your life. We need this win in Buffalo. Here's why. 1-0, everybody's kicking the Raiders. Oh, Raiders are going to win three this year. Oh, maybe four. The over-under in Vegas is six and a half. They're out of the gate. Buffalo looked terrible against the Jets. I picked them to win the last two Super Bowls. I think the Bills are not good. I think they're elite. How are they going to look after that embarrassing loss on 9-11, with Aaron Rodgers blowing out his Achilles, Zach Wilson beat him. They gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Did they come out laser-focused and play great? Or the Raiders have a puncher's chance now because the Raiders can run it with Josh, get off the field with Mac- Mad Max on third down, and maybe Josh Allen throws a pick or two, Foo. You know, I, I, JT, I totally love it. And I've I watched the... The Buffalo Bills, who I was rooting for last year in the playoffs, and they lost the game the same way they lost the game the other night. And they, t- you take away uh, the, the, the speedster on the outside. Which, what's his name? Diggs. Yeah. Diggs you know, and Davis. They got two receivers Diggs, who are really right? good. You take away Diggs with some, uh, some complicated zones where we get under him and you get over him at the same time, and, and Josh Allen doesn't even know it's coming. You get that tremendous Raider pass rush. I think number 41 mirrors Josh Allen on every play, and he keeps every step he takes is one step closer to him. So he takes away all the running lanes. You stop Josh Allen from running. You stop Diggs from catching. We're going to win this game. That's as simple as it is. That's what Kansas City did to him in the, in the playoffs last year, and that's what uh, we got to do to him. It's all about the defense on Sunday. And I think we can win this, J- this game, JT, no matter what the spread is. Love it. And the Bills are loaded, but so are we. But nobody knows it yet. And oh. we, gotta, we just got to have the confidence. And I, I'm telling you, Josh McDaniels, you got to coach your ass off this, this game. You got to get your guys in the frame of mind 
that you can win this game in Buffalo, which I think they can do. So we'll see you for Pittsburgh. I know you got your Caesars deal. You got a lot of side hustle, which I love about you. On the You're hustling on the golf course in Palm Desert and on the Jersey Shore. <laughs> We're going to see you out here at a couple of Raider home games, right? Oh, absolutely. I got, I got my job again with Caesars. I'll be, I'll be in their suite on the 50 every game, JT. And I will be in <laughs> Buffalo Sunday. I can't let this go. I can't wait. All right, I can't Phil. Wait. I don't know what I'm going to wear. I, 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 I don't know what colors to wear. I may have to go pink or something. Like yeah, that. you'll you'll have a nice you'll have a nice look to you. Raider fans will find you. We'll see you the following week. Thanks so much for doing this. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Yeah, love you, JT. Thank you very much, man. Go Raiders. Go Raiders. Phil Villapiano. How great was that? I had nothing to do with it. He's he's just so elite when it comes to telling stories. He's one of the greatest storytellers in NFL history. That means a lot to me. Deacon Jones, who I have his jersey in the studios, one of the great Mount Rushmore storytellers. And Phil's right there. And the stories that he has, what he said about Ralph Wilson and Mr. Dave is very important on the AFL and what the Bills did to help the Raiders at one time. Mr. Davis's appreciation, how they battled the rivalry there. He thinks the world of Mark Davis because he grew up with Mark Davis and Mark thinks the world of him. Uh, that's for a different interview. And then the fact that the Bills treated Phil at a level of a captain when he came over and he was the captain of the Bills because he won a Super Bowl with the Raiders and he played from the Raiders from 71 to 79 when the Raiders never lost other than dramatic playoff games. That was the difference between a Super Bowl or not. He was very respected. And then Phil became not good friends but best friends with Franco Harris. And he was there. He was the only person invited to be on the field, on the field with the Franco Harris family when his number was getting retired and Franco died the day before. And Phil got on that plane and went there. Highly emotional. So that's some heavy stuff there. And the Robert Spillane connection, that's what I'm making now with him with the number 41. So I hope you enjoyed that. Phil Villapiano, once a Raider, always a Raider. So we had Matt Millen, Phil. I believe I have Charles Woodson before the Pittsburgh game. And then every week, hopefully on Wednesday, thanks to the Raiders alumni department and the job that they do, Callie and Katie and Shannon, they're fantastic. Unbelievable the job they do. We'll get on an alumni every week on Wednesday, brought to you by the M Resort Spa and Casino. So I loaded up pretty heavy today. If you want to get in, you got to dial and you got to get in. You got to fight to get in. Fight for the show, 702-365-9200. Vinny Bonsignor at 130. Vince Sapienza, from Fox 5. We're brought to you by PTs. They fuel the monologue. Best happy hour in town. And what do I mean by that? Well, I like to go out and have a beverage. I don't drink and drive. I always take an Uber. And the SG bar is a $3 Uber from my house, Bobby. So if I have a pop or two on the weekend during happy hour, I just get an Uber. It's 3 bucks. I gave a nice tip. I get out at the house there and I support PTs because they support me. Super Bowl champ Phil Villapiano. We are thrilled to start off the show. Uh, Coach McDaniels, Met with the media today in West Virginia. I'll be interviewing him tomorrow at 7.30 Pacific time at the Raider facility for the TV show, Silver and Black show and our show. So early morning tomorrow, as I'll get from Summerlin to deep, deep Henderson, I didn't put a helicopter in my deal. So I will get over there on the other side of town in plenty of time to talk to the coach, and we'll have a good conversation. Hey, Raider fans, do you believe in this house money thing I'm talking about? Do you, the Raider Nation, believe that this is a winnable game? Or are you chalking it up because they're not going to win every game and you don't think this is one they can win? 
I've changed my mind on this game. It went from the Raiders, I don't want to say having a rough and tumble time up there, but they got a puncher's chance if they play better than they played in Denver and they won in Denver. Trips to the right, Devontae Adams in the slot. Garoppolo looking left, Jacoby Myers back shoulder, makes the grab, fall into the turf, touchdown Raiders! And flag. then he turns around and barks at Damari Mathis, withdraws the flag. But it's after the play, and the Raiders march down the field with an opening drive. Touchdown, Garoppolo to Myers. I thought that was big. Remember, the opening drive, they scored on that play because of the onside kick that failed. And it almost didn't fail. They barely touched it, a legal touch. They would have recovered that. They would have recovered that. Denver would have had the ball. And remember, Denver would have got the ball in the second half because they kicked off. That was a big break for the Raiders, and that got them going as Garoppolo scored on that first drive. Fox 5, proud partner of the Silver and Black, Vince Sapienza, my longtime friend, great insider for the Raiders, Golden Knights, covers everything brilliantly in town, and he joins us every two weeks. So, Vince, what do you think? That was a good win, but kind of an ugly win against Denver with 10 penalties, and the Raiders got out of there to go 1-0. and How'd you see the game? Well, hey, JT. Yeah, you know, it took me a couple days to kind of figure out my feelings or thoughts on week one. But, you know, normally in a game that's sloppy for the Raiders where there were so many uh, penalties and so many self-inflicted wounds, usually that's a game the Raiders give away. And the fact that they were able to pull it out week one on the road against a division opponent, I think speaks a lot to the maturity of the group, to the maturity of the coaching staff being able to lift that team and the players being able to lift themselves out of their own mistakes into a win, which it's got to give the Silver and Black and Raider Nation a lot of optimism moving forward, especially into week two, going back on the road, into Buffalo, a team that's considered a Super Bowl contender, knowing that you know this team can't just compete, but they can actually beat this Buffalo team that they're, they're going to face this weekend. I agree with you, Vince. Look, I looked at the schedule this year, and we've been talking about it all offseason, including with you. No one picked the Raiders to do anything this year. None of the prognosticators. Vegas has them at six and a half. So if you had if you had Vegas at six and a half, and that's all the sports book guys, they never thought Buffalo was a win. They never thought a Kansas City was a win, let alone a lot of other tough games. So this to me, no one, even the even the pro Raider media said chalk this one up to a loss. I think that changed Monday night. Something's off with Josh Allen, and I think he's a heck of a quarterback. And Josh McDaniels, as you know, said it today. He's one of the great players in this league, but he's not right. What do you think is going to happen in this game? Is he going to get more aggressive to make up for the four turnovers, or do you think they might get a little bit more conservative because they don't want Josh Allen to be a turnover machine? Well, that's a great question, right? You know you're going to get a motivated, love that word, <laughs> ahead of a game, motivated team coming up in the Buffalo Bills. But now you get more of a focus, Josh Allen, right? But how do you how do you distract or, or disorient to Josh Allen? Well, you do what the Jets, Jets did on, on Monday night, and you get after him. You make him uncomfortable in the pocket. That's why I think the, the difference between a win and loss for the Raiders is going to come down to Max Crosby in that defensive line. If they can cause enough headaches and cause enough turmoil, in that pocket to rush a Josh Allen throw, get him outside, but but contain him in terms of not letting him burn you with his legs. I think that what the Jets did is an exact recipe for what uh, Patrick Graham and the Raiders have to do. I think that is a blueprint, a carbon copy of what you need to see 
come Sunday if the Raiders want to have any success. And on the other side of the coin, it goes back to what we didn't see week one from the Raiders. I mean, you look at what they did against Denver, just 61 yards rushing, and they still won the game. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 for 26, 200 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. I mean, that's a prototypical Jimmy G performance as you're going to get in terms of what one could expect from the Raiders quarterback. But if that running game gets any kind of going, if Josh Jacobs can can uh, expedite his uh, lack of training camp and get going in a meaningful way, I think that's going to really cause issues for Buffalo on the defensive side. And again, as I mentioned, that defensive line for the Raiders is going to be either the difference in a win or a loss come Sunday. Vince Sapienza is our guest, Fox 5 here in Vegas. So Josh Jacobs, I don't want to say he didn't hit the hole. I looked at a lot of the game again as I watched it back, and I don't think a lot of holes were there in the running game. I, I, that was a good front from Denver, very good. I think they knew they were sitting on Josh Jacobs. They didn't want him to have a big game. He's torched Denver. So they tried to take him out of the game. They didn't do that completely. And the offensive line, Vince, as you know, did a really good job with Jimmy and pass protecting. Do you think that offensive line can now push forward and open some holes for him in Buffalo? Well, I think they need to, and I think that Buffalo defense, especially that front seven, is going to be another tall task. I think it's better than Denver's Mm -hmm. uh, as it stands right now. So it's going to be a tall task. You know, I do think it was twofold. I do think there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of room to run uh, for Josh Jakes. But watching watching the the film back, it, it just looked Josh didn't quite have that instant burst on, on certain spots where you're like, oh, he he's going to make something of that. He still had those moments uh, of Josh Jacobs of, of number twenty eight now number <laughs> number eight. But I think it is going to be a slow process until we see him at full one hundred percent form. But again, I think for the Raiders to do any kind of damage, he needs to expedite where he is from week one, and he needs to make some plays, make some guys miss, turn a two-yard run into a four-yard gain, falling forward and different things like that. I was surprised we didn't see as much Zamir White in terms of spelling Josh Jacobs. I mean, I believe he had 19 carries week one. I I thought we'd see a little bit more uh, Zamir, but it just goes to show you, Josh McDaniels told it like it was once once JJ comes back, he was going to give him a full force and give him a go, and, and he got the, the brunt of the carries, and I don't expect anything to change uh, come Sunday, but that Buffalo Bills front seven is a different animal than, than mm-hmm. Denver's, so that offensive line is going to have to make some adjustments and find some push early. Vince Sapienza, Fox 5. So the defense for the Raiders, Marcus Peters, they didn't throw at him, which was really interesting to me. So I'm talking to my son this morning. As I'm home in the morning and I go, do me a favor, Google the age of Marcus Peters compared to Stefan Diggs. Because I don't know their age. I know Marcus Peters has been in the league a long time. Kansas City, Baltimore, from Oakland, hell of a player. And he goes, Dad, Peters is 30 and Diggs is 29 and they were in the same draft class. I said, wow. I go, because I thought Marcus was probably a little older than Diggs. Diggs a little younger. Diggs got like 70 million guaranteed in a 100 million extension. And Marcus is playing for like a million six this year. So... Don't you think that's a big matchup, Peters? Just He's such a classic trash talker and in your face, and Diggs is this high-money guy who's a little bit erratic. I can't wait to see who Marcus Peters is on, Davis or Diggs. They're both really good. I think it's a massive matchup, and I also agree with you. It feels like Marcus Peters has been in the league for yes. 17, 18 years, uh, but, but he's, he's at the young, ripe age of 30 years old. But I think that's going to be a massive matchup, and I think we're going to see him a lot with Stefan Diggs. You talk about that ball hawk mentality. This year, these are the types of matchups and the type of games we talk to Marcus Peters during training camp that he relishes. 
that he loves getting inside the head of the wide receiver. And it's very chronicled and storied about the, the issues uh, between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen and the offense and the amount of passes coming his way and, and, and the malcontent that, that Stephon Diggs had in the offseason and late last season. And I think if Marcus Peters can stir any of that up on Sunday, that is good news for the Raiders and the silver and black in terms of causing those headaches, causing that frustration. But I think this is the game where we, we see Marcus Peters and we see the fruits of, of that contract that hopefully proves to be a big one for Dave Ziegler in terms of the amount of money for one of the best ball hawking, intercepting uh, DBs in the league. Vince Sapiens as we wrap it up. So there's no news on Chandler Jones to report on. It's a private matter. Tyree Wilson played. I thought he was a little slow off the ball. He was. A lot of people are talking about that from the style of play. I didn't watch him play enough in college, but he's a very sp- explosive player once he gets going. This is another game where it's a hugely important game. we got two running quarterbacks, Russell Wilson and Josh Allen, right out of the gate before Kenny Pickett. What do you expect to see from Tyree Wilson in this one? Yeah, I know a lot of people have been have been piling on Tyree Wilson and his quote unquote struggles in Week One. But you got to remember, this is a guy that has not played or gotten a ton of reps this off season, mm-hmm. especially coming off that injury. And so, I mean, you talk about welcome to the NFL moment. That's that's as good as it gets going two mile high against a, a mobile quarterback like Russell Wilson, and then following it up with a Super Bowl contender in Buffalo with a guy like Josh Allen. So, yeah, I mean, obviously he he didn't wasn't spectacular in week one but that's a tough position for a guy who's supposed to spell a guy like Chandler Jones in in the first few weeks of the season till he till he got his feet under him but hey this is an opportunity now for him to to use that athleticism you know when you're trying to figure out details of the game you have to rely on your athleticism and Tyree Wilson at the number seven pick is as athletic of a football player as, as there is on this Raiders roster. So, I, I mean, there's going to be a learning curve. There's going to be an adjustment. Um, I, I don't know if this is the breakout game for him. I, you know, ho- hopefully I'm wrong <laughs> for, for Raider Nation's sake. But, uh, you know, I, I think this is just another – this is going to be another stepping stone and another piece of uh, getting a lot of reps and a lot of tape on film that he's going to be able to look back to and being like, oh, I'm not going to make that mistake. The true, the true definition of, of a good player compared to a great player is if they make the same mistakes week in and week out or if they learn from them. And I think this is an opportunity to see what kind of player Tyree Wilson could be. All right. Uh, finally, I, well, you have you on. We love your Golden Knights coverage. It's quiet, but it, it shouldn't be. Season's right around the corner. We have the Stanley Cup here in town. I know fans are really excited. It's going to jump on us here quickly. Get us up to speed with the hockey team, what you like about them. I mean, everybody's almost as back here, I would assume, favorites or close to being favorites to retain the cup. What should we look forward to? Well, everyone's back except for Riley Smith, mm-hmm. obviously. We, we all remember him being traded to Pittsburgh. Uh, but, yeah, the entire team's back, and, you know, it's kind of a similar feeling to last year. A lot of people, the national media is not talking about the Golden Knights when, when it's hard not to considering how dominant they were in the postseason, 22 playoff games and 16 wins and uh, never faced a, uh, a, a losing series uh, game during that postseason one, which is absolutely incredible. And, and, you know, it's been interesting. I've been talking to a couple of the guys that, as they're starting to trickle into town now, and I just said, hey, how was your summer? And it's kind of the same thing, short but sweet, and, and they'll take short considering that they, they won it all. But, it, it, you know, it's the old adage, they want to feel this, Again, they, they want to have the summer that they just had next year. And it all starts in training camp, which gets going next week. The rookies report 
tomorrow, first practice on the ice uh, with mm. new Silver Knights head coach Ryan Craig. Tomorrow, 10 a.m., City National Arena. And uh, here we go. Hockey season begins. The, pro- the rookie uh, face-off tournament begins Friday at the Dollar Loan Center. The Stanley Cup will be on hand at the Dollars Loan Center ahead of the Golden Knights prospects. First game uh, at 7 o'clock at the DLC. And then uh, preseason gets going on Sunday, uh, or, or next week, I should say, uh, for the Golden Knights. So seven preseason games, and then October 10th, home opener, banner raising. It is uh, going to be unlike anything we've ever seen, and we've heard from Kelly McCrim the last couple weeks about what that night could look like, mm-hmm. and he uh, just once again promised nothing but good things and a very Vegas feel, as always. Oh, it'll be unbelievable to raise a banner for the Stanley Cup. You've been there for all of it. Your coverage is elite. Great job, as always, my friend. We'll talk to you in two weeks if I don't see you before that. JT, appreciate you. You got it. Vince Sapienza, one of the hardest working guys in town. No debate. Fox 5, proud partner of the Silver and Black, uh, brought to you by our great friends at Doghouse Saloon, home of Monday Night Football at Resorts World. Head on out to Doghouse. That's where the sports book is. Scott Sabella's vision of what's happening in sports at Resorts World. It's a great vision that I buy into. Thanks again. So as we've talked about this, went back in, bo- in the 2015 NFL Draft. Stefan Diggs went in the fifth round, fifth round, 146th overall. Marcus Peters in the same draft went in the first round, 18th pick overall. So you got a guy, Marcus Peters, Diggs, roughly the same age, in the same draft. Okay, so this is a great player, and and Marcus Peters, two-time first-team All-Pro, three-time Pro Bowler, but Diggs made all the money. And Marcus made good money in his career. He made good money in Baltimore. And uh, let me see, three-time Pro Bowls, three Pro Bowls overall, a second-team All-Pro once to Diggs. So here's one of the fun things I want to talk about in this game. I think that Peters is going to get in Diggs's face. Diggs is a head case. He's an absolute head case. He's not getting along with the quarterback. The quarterback had to go on the record saying, we're good. They're not good. And... I think that Marcus Peters is going to check him up, bump and run, and, and just chirp at him. Now, Diggs can get right around him. Diggs is a $100 million guy. Okay, he's made more money on this last contract than Marcus Peters made in his entire career. So I think Marcus Peters cares about money. He's got a lot of money, but Diggs is on the next level. So I think there's going to be some trash talking between them, those two players. And you got to be careful with Diggs. Diggs is sneaky fast. He's fast to begin with, but... Once he gets open in these routes, his speed when the ball gets up in the air is electric. Kind of what Marcus Peters has had for most of his career. And Davis on the other side is a big physical receiver. So the problem I see happening here, everybody, is it's going to take us a year or two for Jacorian Bennett to be great. Because he could be great. He might be great. Where's number zero? And he's big, and he, he gets his hands in there, and he got beat, and he got a flag on him in the last game. I expect a flag from him often. He's a rookie. He's going to get flags. I expect a, a great play from him. I think interceptions are going to come. This is a tough game. This is what I call the Epps Merrick game, depending on who's going to play, how many snaps they're going to get. Marcus Epps is going to have to play a Big role in this game, everybody. Josh Allen is going to roll out, run, try to extend the pocket, and then he throws bombs. He doesn't check down. He throws bombs, long bombs, and we got to have a safety back there to knock it down. Whitehead of the Jets had three interceptions against Josh Allen on Monday night. 
because he was just reading Josh Allen as Josh Allen was under duress because the Jets have a better defense than the Raiders. That's no debate. The front, and we got Max Crosby. The Jets have really good players on their defense. It's a better defense than the Raiders, and they caused hell for Josh Allen. If I'm Josh Allen, i got to be thinking this week in Buffalo as I'm training, I'm going to get this Raider defense. I'm going to pick them apart. And the Raiders and I think Patrick Graham got to say, no, 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 no. We got a plan, and they've worked on this plan, and the plan's going to work. I like the fact that they're back in West Virginia. I think that's going to be easier on their body than traveling. On Friday, just being back there, short flight, uh, camaraderie, team building. We have some sound from Josh McDaniels coming up here on the other side. I got an open segment coming up if you want to get through, 702-365-9200. Bill Williamson is going to come up here in a little bit. He's fantastic. We'll talk to him. And then Tim Graham at the top of the hour. Tim will join us from Buffalo. He's at practice today, and he's doing interviews as we speak. So we had to move it back a bit. All right? That's what I got. I want to thank Tommy White and the 872 Laborers for building the stadium on time and on budget. They're a proud partner of our show. And it gives me the opportunity to talk about the great men and women of Local 872 and how they build Vegas and they built it into the sports and entertainment capital of the world. It starts with the personnel evaluations from the personnel department. They do a good job of bringing in smart, tough, disciplined football players. And you hope that through the habits we built through spring and training camp and practice, that all that stuff becomes a habit from the way we practice and the way we prepare. And as a coach, you just wanted to show up on the field on Sunday. And so as you look at the film, obviously room for growth, but the fact to be able to grit, have some grit during the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, I would say definitely uh, proud of that, Just but just recognizing that we have a long way to go. That's Patrick Graham. I give him credit when he deserves credit. He deserves credit. They made adjustments. They gave up three points in the second half. Bill Williamson. I brought in all the heavyweights today. Vinny Bonsignor, Vince Sapienza. No one's covered the Raiders longer than Bill Williamson, who joins us. Bill, let's jump in. Uh, the Raiders' adjustments on defense. How much credit does the coaches deserve and how they got off the field in the second half at mile high? Yeah, they, you know, the coaches, players, everybody, when, when that sort of thing happens, and it was, you know, it was impressive because – they were given, you know, Russell Wilson was making an impact in the first half, and then all of a sudden it, it, it stopped, and, you know, people like talking about complimentary football, and certainly in those last nine, ten minutes of the football game, that's what we saw. Touchdown drive, really needed the answer they did, then got the quick, you know, defense off the field, and then they closed it out, and, you know, that's just kind of a real perfect way of doing things. Was it a perfect game overall? No, but it was a perfect ending, and look at we the NFL is nothing but close games. There was only eight of, out of sixteen in, in a weird week one. I, I think that's kind of a low number. Last year, you know, in, in two thousand twenty one, the Raiders were seven and two in the regular season in one score games. Mm-hmm. In the one playoff game, they, they that was a one score game, even they lost, so seven and ten. Last year, they're four and nine. It's thirteen games out of seventeen one score games, four and nine. So. 
And, you know, it wasn't really all flip of the coin. A lot of those games, they just didn't get it done. This game, they got it done. So maybe that's the ultimate good sign out of this game. It's only one week. Mm-hmm. The Raiders won by one point. The other three teams in the division won by, lost by a total of four points. Let that sink in. One team is 1-0. and They won by one point. Three teams are 0-1, lost a total of four points. That's how close this stuff is. So you've got to execute when it counts, and that's what they did, and that's that's the you know that's where you have hope for the rest of the season. Bill Williamson's our guest, silverandblackpride.com. Nice job with the film room. Nate Hobbs shines in the new role. I was calling his name all offseason. I think I mentioned to you, uh, if it was going to be Marcus Peters, I didn't mind if Hobbs was the other starter on the outside. It turns out it's Shakorian Bennett. Why is he so important in the slot and getting behind the line of scrimmage? What did you see on film? He's just a talented guy. He plays some safety, moved around. He uh, he just, you know, look at this is a guy who had a really good rookie year uh, last year, ups and downs in the new system, um, but a quality player, and it seems like he's getting comfortable in there. So if you can get some reliability out of him, that's going to go a long way to helping the other 10 guys. Uh, Bill, i got to move on to what else you said here. you got some really good content here when you – uh, wrote about Jimmy Garoppolo. What do you see with the schedule, his ability running the football, that leads you to believe or not believe that he could take the Raiders to the playoffs? Look, at he, he is what he is. I like him. Mm-hmm. I, I liked him in his, you know, in his career. I liked him in San Francisco. I liked him on Sunday. He is what he is, though. You, know, he's, uh, you can call him a system guy. You can call him a game manager or whatever. But he fit the system that he is. He's a Josh McDaniel system guy. And that's what I was saying all offseason. Is he better than Derek Carr? Is he more talented than Derek Carr? I, who knows? Maybe not, but it's close. But if Josh McDaniel thinks he can have more success with him, then you go with it. And that's what we saw on Sunday. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't spectacular. And I don't think we'll see a perfect, spectacular Jimmy Garoppolo for most of his time with the Raiders. But he will be efficient. He'll be effective. And, if, you know, I think the offensive line deserves a lot of credit. I think I saw a stat where he had an average of 2.9 seconds to throw the ball. That's that's plenty. He didn't get he didn't get sacked. I think he got touched two or three times. The key with him is his health. So if he's going to be upright most of the game, he's going to go a long way to keeping him healthy. So again, it was a good start for the Jim Garoppolo era because the way he played and the way they want to use him. Bill Williamson and another great piece of content. You broke down Tyree Wilson and the fact that Trey Tucker didn't play in the game. The rookie watch. I really like that you do this. It's great content. So let's talk about both of them. Why wasn't Trey Tucker out there? And what did you see with Tyree, the seventh pick overall? Yeah, I mean, you could talk to me. Look at I mean, Hunter Renfro could have been inactive too, right? He mm-hmm. snaps no targets. Um so you know, a lot of people are saying, well, it's just the way that game went. And, you know, so maybe that's the case straight out there. But if, if, if you got a, a rookie, a third-round pick at a skill position and who they were happy about, who got a lot of plays in training camp, I know he had some drops in the, in the preseason. But I'd like to see him out there uh, on Sunday. Is it the end of the world? Certainly not. Could he still have a really good career? Could he still have a very good season? Sure. But – just not a great sign. Just something you open your eyes about a little bit. Um, you know, only four of the nine rookies played on Sunday. I thought, I thought, and I think I talked to you about it when the fifty-three man roster was announced. I felt that they kept some of those guys 
that maybe they picked him over some other people because they're this year's draft picks. Mm-hmm. And certainly they feel like they need some seasoning. And we'll see. The four players that that played, you know, the headline was Tyree Wilson, the number seven overall pick. He got a lot of guff uh, from the Internet, mm-hmm. you know, on Monday and Tuesday from the film. I, you know, I saw words like no energy, lackadaisical, um, you know, lethargic. I'm going to give him a break a little bit. I mean, this is a guy who hadn't played football, you know, a brief amount in the preseason. Hadn't played football in 10 months, and all of a sudden, after a 10-month layoff, you're in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of practice time. We're talking about the foot injury. The air in Denver is, is tough, and mm-hmm. he's never been in it. So all those, and I, you know, me, I'm not an excuse maker, but I'm not going to say, oh, that was a bust of a pick because he had, you know, he didn't really show up at all on, on Sunday. It may take a few weeks. It may yeah. take a half a year. It may take a year. But uh, and he may be a good player, may not be a good player, and that goes for all rookies. But so I don't think he deserves to be banged on too much for mm-hmm. you know not really showing up on Sunday. Thank you, Bill. Always great content. Appreciate your time. Bill Williamson, fantastic. He's got a lot of content at silverbackpride.com. Go look at it. It's really good. That was brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Build your legend. Wow, Charles Woodson. you understand what Charles did building this brand, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, having a deal with the NFL with his former team, the Las Vegas Raiders? We are trying to get Charles's Woodson Bourbon Whiskey in every location here in Las Vegas, from every grocery store to every restaurant to every bar, help them out. Go to the bar and ask the bartender for Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, and we'll help continue. Charles, building that legend because he's a good guy and he's a proud partner here on our show. And a lot of drinks can be made with Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Raider Nation knows that. With one big rock ice, you can mix it, you can have fun, drink it at the tailgate. Charles Woodson, proud partner of the show, Woodson Bourbon Whiskey.